Welcome to Milkshakes, the space and place for shaking up the infant feeding conversation. I'm your host, Nicole, an international board certified lactation consultant, childbirth educator, and trained postpartum doula. Welcome to today's episode. On today's episode, we're shaking things up by talking about something that doesn't get a lot of attention, donor human milk. Now, if you're thinking donor human, what? hang on to your Starbucks, stay with me. Today, I'm joined by a very special guest. Her name is Kelly Cox, and she started something really innovative. It's an app called Share the Drop, and it allows families to connect and match in real time with milk donors, or if the user is a donor herself, with someone who needs extra milk for their baby. This is really special, and I just can't wait to dig into this conversation. So without further ado, I would love to welcome Kelly Cox. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm so glad you're here. I don't know if you know this, but you are my first official guest. I am flattered. Yes. I'm I'm so thrilled that you're here, Kelly. Um, I really want to jump right in, um, but if you could just give me and our listeners just a little bit of background about yourself, um, and then we'll we'll jump right into it. Uh, my name is Kelly Cox. I am an LCSW. I was working in the therapy field for many years, about 10 years, working with women um, and their children. And then I left that and I opened a yoga studio and it was just for families d- during those childbearing years. So it was prenatal yoga, postnatal yoga, and some children's um, kind of yoga thrown in there, baby massage classes, grief and loss support groups. And by far the most widely used offering we had was a weekly lactation support group for anyone in the community. I'm also a birth doula. Um, and I was working with women a lot, just yoga wise, you know, teaching them kind of how to prepare for birth and then attending births and really getting to know my clients. Well, there's so many stressors that surround getting pregnant, staying pregnant, being a parent. Um, but I think the number one issue that I saw was you fed your baby. We have these ideas or this whole kind of concept that the whole women uh, reason women have breasts is to feed. And it's just the most beautiful, natural thing you're ever going to do. And of course, you know, it's very difficult for a lot of reasons. Yeah. You know, it definitely can be very difficult for some women. Um, Yeah. Like you said, for a variety of reasons. So, okay. You have this yoga studio. How did you go from that to starting this app? So uh, during COVID, I had to close my studio down. We had it for a decade. I was really proud, but I was ready to move on to something else. And this has just been in my head for the last maybe six years. And so I, um, just put everything I had into it. And the app is called Share the Drop. Um, We are uh, web-based and we have a mobile platform through Android. Uh, We are completely free to use. I think once you get into kind of paying donors for milk, you get into a lot of fraudulent um, territory there, but also we want to be really accessible. Um, And we use, um, like, it's basically a dating style app. Um, Kind of how I came up with this Mm. one emailing clients to try to connect them to share milk. And I got a notification from Bumble that I had matched with someone. (laughs) 
away and I knew these women were three miles away. And so it's just been festering my head and, and COVID brought a lot of hardship for me. It just instantly turned my life around and I just knew this was what I'm going to do. So we used, we used geo, geolocation. So not only do I think that it's really important that we make a kind of clean line in real time way to find matches, but I want you to use um, your community and start building community. Mm -hmm. I think the process of, you know, freezing milk and shipping it, it's time consuming. New parents don't have this time. Expensive. I want you to meet someone in your neighborhood and then start to build your own like community of, of support. Yeah, no, uh, that's such an incredible like path that, <laughs> that you got to. And I told that resonates with me because I think when we get into any of these, you know, serving families and especially working with mothers and um, it comes from this true place of passion, I think for all of us. And, and that's just such a fun story about the dating app too. Um, so, okay. Your, your app is called share the drop and we're pairing up donors with uh, families that need human milk. What kind of requirements um, might someone have to meet or go through in order to participate? Because I would imagine this is not as much of a process as a formal donation. So like sending milk to a milk bank. So when you onboard with us, you shoot, you create your account, whether you're a donor or a receiver, and then you kind of build your profile from there. So if you're, you're a donor, we ask what age your child is. Um, and then we want to know, do you drink caffeine? Do you consume alcohol? Are you taking any medications? With donors, once they onboard, they're asked um, if a recipient asked for any recent blood work, lab work, are you willing to share? If they say yes, we put a little medical uh, badge on their profile so that recipients know that they can ask for that kind of stuff. And then a recipient goes on and makes the same kind of profile. Both of them add their zip code in so then we can try to match locally. But for the recipients, they put in whether or not their child has any allergies or any kind of preferences. Um, we've set up really specific filters. So if you are a donor and you really just want to give to someone who's had breast cancer, you know, you can get that specific. Um, and then we really utilize informed consent. We believe that mm -hmm. um, able to make decisions for themselves. We have a lot of uh, terms of use, you know, policies they have to sign on to, you know, no discrimination, no selling, no bartering, um, and being very, very honest, you know, recipients can start messaging with matches and ask any kind of information they want. We refer to Eats on Feets and their guidelines for safe uh, breast milk sharing. Um, we give all sorts of information about, you know, if you're really concerned, how do you do home pasteurization? And mm -hmm. so we want to as safe for users as possible, but really all up to these families to make their own decisions when they feel like it's a trusted source, meet in a you know friendly outdoor public space. Um, but we never, we never touch milk, we never ship it, we don't get involved in that. We're literally just the platform. And mm -hmm. then you know, my goal is really to just build these little armies of support. Yeah. So it really is like online dating. Like you really <laughs> which is so fun. I met my husband uh, through online dating. So I know that process well. Um, okay. Very, very cool. Well, this is really just so super exciting. Um, how has this been received? Do you have a lot of participants? Do you, are you able to track like how many cities and states, like where this is being used? 
can track. I can track um, by city if I want to. So I kind of know right now where our big cities are. Like I've been working in this field in central Virginia for the past 15 years. So a lot of our users are here, DC, Richmond. Um, so it's fun. I can kind of go on and track and see. Um, I can look at messages between people and constantly getting feedback from users of if they're having a little issue, I can go on the back end and then email other people and kind of help with the match, just get the matches going. Um, you know, my hope is that once we get enough eyes on this and people know that it's a, it's a resource, you know, it's available nationwide. And so mm -hmm. it would be, um, as we continue to do podcasts like this or share information that anyone in the country can find someone in their neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you had mentioned, um, the eats on feats organization and they have, I believe the four pillars, is that right? Is it four pillars? Okay. Of, of milk sharing. Can you just share briefly for our listeners what those are? And then, um, for anyone listening, I'm going to put all of this in our show notes, but, um, Kelly, just tell us a little bit more about that. Um, so they very much believe on, um, informed consent. Um, you know, you have to know all the risks involved. You have to be able to talk to um, your donor. You have to ask questions about how they're handling, uh, you know, pumping parts and taking care of everything. Um, you know, and the donor screening, of, of course, they cannot have, you cannot donate milk if you have HIV, um, syphilis, rubella, AIDS. And so those, those have to be filtered out. Well, you cannot use the app whatsoever if you have any of those. Um, safe handling, like I said before, like talking to your donor about whether or not they're keeping their hands clean. And then their last, uh, the fourth piece is home pasteurization. So if at the end, what you choose to do, um, it's, they have really, really simple instructions about how you can pa pasteurize the milk at home. Okay. And so if families, you know, want to participate in this, I guess we would consider this informal milk sharing. Yeah. yeah. Then following these four pillars, these four steps, I guess they're not really steps, but um, four pillars uh, can help reassure them and and make milk sharing, make informal milk sharing um, a safe practice. So yeah, that's, that's really important. I think uh, it's still something that people feel a little strange about. Um, but, and, and so that's kind of where, I, what I'd like to talk to you about um, now that you've shared, you know, so much about about the, the history and the app and, and what you're doing. What do you think that's about? <laughs> Why are people not open to sharing milk? I think there are a lot of reasons. There's kind of this ick factor of you're going to like, ooh, get something from someone else. But, you know, you think about it, we drink milk from other animals, which to me, I think that's a little ick. Um, but we get, you know, we donate blood. Um one of my early on, we have, so I have wonderful advisors. One of my medical advisors is a neonatologist. And he said to me, the questions you should ask a donor before you take their breast milk are the same questions you should ask someone before you sleep with them for the first time. And that really, that really stuck with me. But, you know, in polit I try not to get too much into my politics here, but we're, we live in a culture that the boobs are kind of sexual. Mm -hmm breasts are very sexualized thing and we're having moms cover up and we shouldn't be seeing that. So I think most of that is, is, is that a, but also it hasn't been normalized. And so despite the fact that, um, cooperative feeding has gone on forever, yeah, and the for forever, 
we had bottles and infant formula, oftentimes communities would crowdsource milk for new mothers in case she died during childbirth or she just couldn't produce enough. Um, you know, the, in the 1500s, being a wet nurse was a very highly sought after, respected, well-paid um, profession. Um, and then, of course, we have, you know, we're talking today on Juneteenth. We know that this whole um, issue with slavery and wet nursing, that's a whole other topic. Um, but, you know, right now, in the, and in the early 2000s, we started seeing huge numbers of Facebook groups pop up, and they're doing exactly that. So Eats on Feet, Human Milk, milk for Human Babies. They have over half a million users right now in the United States who are doing this informal milk sharing. And so it's working. Um, you know, my issue in the past is clients are like, we're exhausted. We're new parents. We have so much to do. This is a really clunky process. And then if you want to be a formal donor, of course, it's like a 45 day long process and new parents do not have the time. So what Eats on Feets and Human Milk for Human Babies has done for, a, for over a decade, I respect so much. I'm just trying to streamline, streamline it and make it accessible and in real time. So there's not so many kind of hoops to fall through. And it's not a forum-based style, right? So when you go on to groups like this to share, you you might post at six in the morning and 20 other people post on top of you and it's just like ships, you know, passing in the night. Um, yeah, so I think it's just, we don't talk about it enough and people don't know that this is a normal practice and, and can be done very, very safely. Yeah, I, I agree. I think for some reason, it it seems to just get overlooked and left out of the conversation and I'll admit sometimes, even in my mind, doing this and talking about these things every single day, I still have these like breast milk, <laughs> breastfeeding and formula feeding. And even I know there are, you know, these other options. We now have moms that exclusively pump and we have donor milk, whether it's formal or informal, we have combinations of all of these things. And so all of it needs to be talked about because all babies eat. Yes. <laughs> you know, so, okay. It is uh Juneteenth as you, as you mentioned, and, and it would definitely be much more than we have capacity for during this episode to talk about the history of wet nursing and, and racism and slavery and um, all of that, but it, it is a very valuable part of this conversation. So I'm going to kind of put a little pin in that because I would like to come back to that at a later time. Um, but June is also Pride Month. And that's another thing that I've been thinking about is for same-sex couples who, you know, there is no lactating parent or maybe, you know, one parent has the capability to lactate, but chooses not to. Absolutely. You know, I, I talk, I know so much about just from all the clients I've worked with about how difficult breastfeeding can be for a woman, but then really my mission started to be about what if someone can't lactate? So as a breast cancer survivor, I know I have unfortunately way too many friends who are also survivors and parents. And so they clearly can't, can't do this. So we know that, that, that breast milk is this, um, liquid gold and, you know, full, like the highest quality food you can get. And so if you can't produce, that shouldn't preclude you from being able to give this to your child if you want. Um, so anyone who can't produce, gay couples who adopt, anyone who uses a surrogate but doesn't have access to um, breast milk, we hope that it were very much seen as an option for all. Yeah. And 
you know, I have de definite thoughts about paying for donor milk, but one of the reasons we really never will is because we want to be as inclusive as we can. And we, you know, if you can't find formula or if you can't afford formula, we, we don't want a cost to be a barrier to using this platform. Yeah. Well, that's a good point. You know, paying for milk makes me wonder, are we introducing the possibility for someone to be fraudulent in some way? Anytime you, you, you pay someone for something, it opens up the doors for people to put all sorts of things in there. Go buy, you know, um, non-fat milk, water it down, you know, have maybe some breast milk, water that down. I mean, it just, if there, if, the, if I knew that I could get money for a fluid, I wouldn't, and I just wanted to make money. I wouldn't care so much about the consequences, but when we're feeding babies, we have to know that that is very, very important. Yeah. And then what about like, how do we know that the, the parent, the lactating parent who's donating, how do we know that they're even meeting their own baby's needs first? So the, the messaging part within our app is the most crucial. If you're going to have sex with someone, you have to at, answer these questions that are pertinent to you. Ask them, like, what is your process with um, how you're pumping? What are the sanitary measures you go through? Like, maybe can I see your child? I mean, if if someone was going to give me milk and they show me their, their chubby baby who's putting on weight, meeting developmental milestones, that's going to make me feel a lot better. Um, and knowing that someone's doing like donating out of the goodness of their heart because they just want to get back and help build a better community also, I think takes away a lot of that, like questioning of like, you know, if someone is wanting to sell me something, she has, she wants to make money. They want to make money. So I'm like, okay, that's why they're doing this. Well, if someone's just giving me something that has, has done their child so much good, I think to me, that takes a lot of the, the worry out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just curious. Um, like the more I talk to you, I'm just so in awe of like what you have started. I, I think it's just so amazing, Kelly. Um, what do people say when you tell them that, that you do this? Like, <laughs> because I get a lot of, wait, you're like a boob doctor or, <laughs> you know, I had, I had a, um, specialist recently tell me it was, I was seeing a doctor for my own healthcare and he was from India. And when he asked me what I did and I told him, he said, what, why, why, why is that a job? Why do, why do the women need help feeding their babies? And I thought, well, how much, how much time do you have? <laughs> I get a wide range of like, uh, well, first my friends, I am the least tech savvy person you could ever meet. And so my friends just laugh and they're like, what, like you, you now you're in the tech field. So I get that reaction from people that know me. But a lot of people are like, well, this is a thing. I invested a, a large portion of in the beginning, but then we needed investors. And so we found ourselves sitting at these tables typically with men and they were like, what? And then like, why would women do this? Like just, and my answer was like, oh, cause women are awesome. Like they're like, why would they do this without getting paid? Like, cause women are awesome. And we continually build villages and take care of everyone. And like, that's, this is what we do. And if you have ever, breastfed you know that it's not that easy and if you've ever had any struggle and maybe had a different journey the next time and you had extra you want to share it and then every time we'd have these conversations the men would pop up and be like oh yeah I remember when my, my wife was breastfeeding and they he would tell a story and one of our advisors was like oh yeah we had twins he said all of a sudden like there was just strangers coming in my house just going into my freezer taking milk and so they, they kind of start to get it 
Um, and you know, the, some of those questions really stopped when we had the infant formula, um, issues. Uh, and I was, as it's um, also a doula to have my own like pregnancy consulting business. And so through that Instagram page, I was getting requests from people and like sending me a picture. Can you help me get this formula? So I would pop it up on my Instagram and get all these messages. And I was just running around town all summer picking up formula from someone's porch, taking it somewhere else, you know, and like, thank you. Thank you. You're an angel. But I was like, I'm one person and that's not sustainable. And so, you know, what we were, this was all happening as we were getting ready to roll out and no one could have picked something like this to happen. And not that we were excited about it, but it went to prove the, the, to, you know, our point, we have, we are having all sorts of supply chain issues. We're having issues with contaminations on formula if we go back to like, and the biggest solution to that is to go back to informal milk sharing um, because there are people in your community who have more than their babies can use and you could use that. And so, um, you know, the, the other funny thing about me is I, I have never been pregnant. I never tried to be pregnant. Did not occur to me. I am now a doula. I am obsessed with pregnancy and birth and helping moms. I mean, I, 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 uh, when I was in the hospital, I had a mastectomy, double mastectomy, and it was maybe day three and everything was just rock hard and it hurt so bad. And I remember feeling so excited. And my mom was with me and I said, oh my gosh, this must be what engorgement feels like. And it wow. wasn't, wasn't fun, but I was so excited to be like, oh, now I can kind of relate to the moms. Um, right. Then I guess the question of, well, have you ever donated milk or been a recipient of donated milk is a no. Um, <laughs> although, you know, we do have a saying, just put some breast milk on it. So breast milk can be used for lots of things. I'm wondering, like, where does that fit in? Like if somebody just wanted a little bit like to mix, you know, in to make some lotions or, I mean... We, so one of the things that I was really worried about is just kind of like big buff gym dude, because oh, yeah, major athletes will buy breast milk because it's full chock full of nutrients and antibodies. It's very, it's the ultimate food. And so we are very, very clear that this app is just for infants who need breast milk and no other reason. So no, it's not for anything like that. It is literally just for infants. Yeah. Wonderful. So what about the formula recall? Because we've mentioned it a little bit, but how do you think that has sort of impacted Share the Drop or milk sharing in general, or just your perspective on where milk sharing kind of fits in to this larger conversation? Part of that, like part of the messaging around all the for the formula recalls was really, I think, very triggering and and inappropriate and it was like well just start relactating just just relactate just do this and do that and just pop baby back on and get more milk i agree well, not that easy and it was i think just it was not thought out so but that messaging is you could be saying that to a, a woman who had had a mastectomy and like that's traumatizing there's so many reasons why it's difficult to lactate and so putting out that messaging i just it was not helpful for anyone yeah i agree i think it highlighted that we have a breastfeeding problem, you know, uh, in addition to a formula shortage problem, but th it, 
yeah, we can't just say, well, then just do this um, because it's just not physically possible. Um, I visited a milk bank recently, formal donation center. And it was very interesting. Um, I won't go into too much detail on, on this episode, but one of the things you said earlier about the screening process um, being lengthy and it, and it is, it tends to be like 30 or 45 days, um, is a barrier, this type of informal milk sharing. Is there anything that would prohibit, you know, or make it difficult for people, maybe transportation? But that's the other reason we want it in as close as we can to your community. So when you you go on, we use your zip code and, and we might change that to an actual map that could move and travel with you. Um, but we, I want it to be you, someone five miles away, right? And then that should be a pretty easier transport than if you're going 50 miles away. Um, I mean, today I'm having a few technical issues. So the barrier today is safari, you know, <laughs> but that's right. Um, no, that we really want it to be no barriers at all. We, um, I had kind of, so my co-founder, a very good friend of mine, um, I, I was her doula and she had, she's three children and she breastfed them all exclusively for two years each. Her first two, she was living in a community where she knew a lot of people. It was very, very easy. She had access. It was very easy to give away. And her third one, she had just moved to Charlottesville and just didn't know enough people. And so she was going on all the Facebook groups and then, you know, and posting that she had this stuff. And then she was getting all, everyone she knew on Facebook was seeing it like, oh, I see you have extra milk. And so we, when we created it, we were like, well, maybe we won't do profile pictures. We'll just do like avatars. So you could choose like a superhero just to kind of like keep that. And then I started thinking about, ooh, like one of my biggest worries, again, talking about this on Juneteenth, it's great, is what if I'm, or what if a user's like going on matching with someone, they're getting along great, asking all the right questions, they meet in public, and then someone's like, oh, you're a black woman. I, I don't want you to have my milk or you're right. Like, and that I was like, that just kept me up at night. And so I've just recently changed that. And we do have profile pictures up because, and you don't have to use it. You could use an avatar, but like, I want people to know who they're seeing. It's kind of like, I've seen your face on Instagram, but talking to you now is much different, but I, I want people to know these so that we don't like, if you decide you don't want to donate to someone or you don't want to receive someone from someone, then that's fine. And those are your decisions. But I wanted to take away that barrier. Mm. That's such a great point. And I hadn't even thought about it. I, I think I'm just so naive that I just think everybody's nice. <laughs> I want everybody to just be nice, but you're right. There are people who, you know, may have some bias and, and racist or homophobic or, oh, that's really smart. That's really smart. Um, So like, what do you think as far as kind of this bigger infant feeding conversation? We we talked about it a little bit in the beginning, like this ick factor with human milk. Um, what are some ways that maybe I'll just ask directly for me, what are some ways that I can help normalize so that it becomes like lifted or elevated as one of the real options because it I think people just sort of think about well I can breastfeed or I can formula feed so how can we change our language and how can we better normalize donor milk to be part of this conversation 
I mean, I think we just have to talk about it a lot more. Um, and for me, I'm really moved by personal stories. Like there are, I have several personal stories of clients that really helped form this, this passion in me to do this. And I think those are the most compelling ones. So you have a story. I'm sure you have clients who have stories. I think we have to start telling the success stories because um, it doesn't work any other way. And, you know, share the drop. We don't care how you feed your baby. We just want your baby fed. But I think we have to get away from breast is best. And um, I, I think breast milk is best, right? We know that that's the optimal, but that doesn't have to come from your own breast. And it 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 might very well might not given your physiological makeup. Um, but I think just like anything else, talking about it and making that a normal conversation. Like I keep, I keep watching like celebrities that have babies. And I'm like, Chrissy Teigen, can you, can you share someone's milk or like, like someone like that to make it like, this is an okay thing and tell the story and like, Hey, now we're great friends. Right. After, after breast cancer, I've gone through several surgeries and mm -hmm. I'm always, my mom was always there taking care of me. And I remember, remember after one, I'd gotten home and I was like maybe two days in and I was all kind of, Ugh. and I looked down at the table and there's this piece of paper about um how to thank your donor and I was like what and she was like well you have cadaver tissue in your body and at first I was like what <laughs> and then I was like oh my gosh thank god like so it, at first that was an ick thing to me and then I thought about it I'm like someone saved my life or or helped this process of saving my life and so think about organ transplants, like people who get someone else's organ. That's, I think that's more intimate than getting someone's breast milk, but like it's life-saving or, and, and the person that donated is, is doing it altruistically. Right. And so I think the way to really catch this, this idea on is just share every success story you can. Yeah, you're so right. And, you know, in some ways it can almost be life-saving for that struggling mom so stressful just being a new parent and then you have one job feed this baby you know and I see it all the time with the families that I work with when things are you know they're exhausted they might have pain still you know whether it's from a birth or we're having maybe some some breast or nipple pain uh the baby is crying and then everybody's crying and and they have one job and it's the one thing that they just yeah. want to be able to do. So I think that's the other thing. We don't talk enough about all the parts of parenthood. And, mm. and I mean, I always say to people are like, will you teach me how to have a natural birth? I'm like, um, getting pregnant, staying pregnant, being a parent are the most natural things you're ever going to do. So let's use that language. Um, because I'll tell you, I, as a doula, I see there's so many parallels between the conversation about natural and what are we supposed to do during birth and breastfeeding versus formula or milk sharing. Right. And you're like, mm. Ooh, but it's the same parallel. Right. Sure. Sure. Well, there's no trophies. I can tell you. Um, <laughs> I definitely did not get one. Um, but you're right. I think there's this judgment about what makes you a good mom. And obviously that's even part of a bigger, bigger conversation, but that is so influential in our feeding decisions. And it would be so interesting to talk to moms about the ones who chose, you know, to formula feed when maybe their supply was suffering. And so they transitioned to formula and then the ones who chose to go the donor milk route and 
you know, we know that moms who switch to formula tend to have lots of feelings of, of guilt and shame and, you know, that that's a very pervasive feeling. And I, I wonder if the moms who choose donor milk experience that too, or is it different, you know, like psychologically, it's still, you weren't making enough. I mean, I've how many parents who received milk and all I hear is the, oh my gosh, this is amazing. What a gift. It takes so much stress and pressure off. Um, but I've never thought about that. Yeah. Because that would beg the question, you know, where is the guilt and shame coming from? Is it coming from, I expected to be able to do something and now I can't do it or I'm not doing it for whatever reason, because that would be parallel, right? Both both moms in that scenario would be experiencing that or, or maybe it's, and is it this deeper thing about it being formula and we've sort of villainized formula and, you know, I'm, I'm not anti-formula pro formula, you know, formula is a tool and it's a life-saving tool and it is a food and it is a food that, that can save lives and it can save breastfeeding, quite frankly. Um, But it also comes, you know, with risks that we need to understand, just like donor milk, you know, comes with risks. And we talked about how do we mitigate those risks? Um, So, yeah, that's an interesting sort of thought exercise. I'm going to think about it the rest of the day. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Well, maybe somebody listening will have some thoughts to it as well and and be interested in sharing. So anybody out there who's got any thoughts about that, I would love to hear it. Um, well, Kelly, this has just been so delightful. Uh, I feel like we could talk all afternoon just to kind of maybe put a bow on this conversation. What are, is there anything else that you'd like to share? Um, I mean, just, just about my business. I, if you guys like this, if you're interested, if you have a friend that would be interested, share it far and wide. Yes. This isn't, this is a very hard thing to launch. Um, and I need all eyes on it. So like it, share it, follow us. That is extremely helpful. Um, I, and if anyone's using it and having any issues, email me. It's kelly at sharethedrop.com. I love feedback. I will respond. Um, and I just like, just try it. Or if you're having people in your lives who are struggling and you know, this is an option, share it with them. You know, it just, we, we all have to work more together, especially after COVID, right? Build community, build community. You are going to survive so much easier if you have community. Anytime you can just do a little bit more to build community because it will come back to you when you need it. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. And then again, such a gift to share your milk with another family. I know I love seeing pictures of my little milk baby that um, got my many, many ounces that I donated after, um, I lost Owen and she's just beautiful and thriving. And I wish I had been able to give her more, but, um, knowing that she got that and knowing that it meant so much to her family is, um, just an awesome, awesome feeling. Well, thank you so much. I am definitely going to put all of your contact information down in the show notes for this episode. Um, For anyone listening, please, please go follow Kelly and her awesome team at Share the Drop on Instagram. Do you guys also have a Facebook page or a Facebook group? Drop on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok. 
We're You're all- everywhere. We're just trying to get this out as far as we can. Well, thank you so much, Kelly. I really appreciate talking to you today. This has been great. Thank you. And and your podcast is great. I listened to the first one. Spot on. Yay. Thank you. Thank you.